breakfast. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love in Sarah's Kitchen. Welcome to the DL Debate, the last of 2022. Thanks so much for tuning in. On this week's show, we're going to speak with Gaelic Lives' Michael McMahon on yesterday's Titanic battle between Glenn and Kilcrew. And we're going to take a look across the other championships of junior and intermediates in Ulster as well. Now we're going to take a look back at uh, 2022 and a look ahead to 2023 now with the one and only BK, my man himself, Brendan Kilcoyne. Brendan, how are you this evening? Wonderful, Brendan. And yourself? Life's good. Hey, you've got the heat pumped up there. Uh, cosy, cosy. Yes, yeah, yeah. Still working from home, Brendan, but quite cold these days. <laughs> you need to find one room, Brendan, that you can heat and just kind of stay in there. Is that, that's, that's the sense now, isn't it? Yeah, that's kind of the operational plan at the moment, Brendan. So it is, ah, listen, it's time of year for that kind of weather. So yeah. you just take it as it comes. Yeah, we were looking off, I suppose, Brendan, this, this last while, and particularly with the likes of around the 21 Championship going on, that we were kind of blessed with the weather because, you know, if that, if that had, had, you know, say a bad period, particularly not even, well, you can have frozen pitches now, of course, but, you know, wet and, 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 and bad oil nights, it would have been a, a real tough time for the lads, but we're almost... Uh, you know, finished up the championship, but final stages now as well. So it'll be good to get that championship done and Brendan while uh, the, the weather really turns, you know. Big time, yeah, big time, Brendan. We've been very lucky pitches have been in good shape. So they have really for this time of year. The weather has been mild and, you know, even out with the miners the last few Saturday mornings, they've been glorious mornings to be out. Even Saturday just passed whilst there was frost and we didn't train until the afternoon. It was beautiful afternoon to be out and about. Mm, mm. But just, just as I say, we're, we're looking back at uh, 2022 and looking ahead the next year. And I'm only, I suppose, take the two seasons apart in terms of club and county because, you know, they are, they are very separate to each other. And certainly I'm trying to get a handle just, Brendan, and, and get your thoughts on what you made of Donegal last season. And I suppose the saga of, of hiring the new management and, and how all that went and where you think uh, Donegal football is at currently. Yeah, listen, Brendan, um, I suppose, you know, you have to be honest in your assessment of it. It it was an uninspiring year from Donegal's point of view and, you know, the whole saga then, the whole appointing the manager saga after that seemed to drag on. And I suppose the big problem with that was the lack of transparency, Brendan. And, you know, lack of transparency creates a vacuum that people then start making up their own stories and some of the rumours and all that stuff that's gone out, have, you know, it's been off the charts completely so it has um, but I suppose to start with the you know with, with with the last 12 months or you know the past season for Donegal it has been uninspiring there were moments and you know you go through them but you know you, you take you, we got a run to an Ulster final without kind of setting the world on fire but like you know that was, that was really disappointing performance against Derry in the final and you know, you felt with 15 minutes to go, the game was there for the taking. And, you know, you, 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 if, if, if the result had gone otherwise, you'd have left content that, you know, we have won an Ulster final kind of thing and move on. But it just seemed to, you know, get away from us. Derry showed greater hunger, desire on the day, and we're deserving winners on the day of that. There can be no objection or, you know. but And then, Brendan, if, if you go back to the Armagh, after beating them and playing reasonably well against them in the championship barely, if you go back to the qualifier game, you know, we played 20 minutes of really, really what I thought was good football early in the game. And the whole thing imploded then really with a kick, a couple of kickouts that didn't go to where they were supposed to go or weren't retained by who they were supposed to be retained by. And, 
you know, suddenly the wheels seem to come off completely kind of thing. And Armagh ran out resounding winners on the day. And, you know, there was a certain, there was a lot of apathy and there was a lot of finger pointing in the aftermath of that game, Brendan. And, you know, it, it just didn't happen for Donegal. Is there an element of staleness there? Is it, Brendan, you know, we've been we've been so lucky supporting this Donegal team over the last 10, 12 years. We've had so many good days out. And, you know, yeah, it's good to have high expectations of our teams so it's that we support. Um, but maybe we're getting carried away in that and we, we just expect them to be at the top all the time. And that doesn't happen. Football is cyclical and, you know, you see the resurgence of... Armagh back now and you see Derry who so you know for, for a number of years you had you know it was Donegal Monaghan Tyrone primarily and now you have these new kids on the block that are pushing boundaries further so you know it, it, it is an element of concernment for, for Donegal at the moment where are they at in relation to you know never mind talking about 30 about All-Irelands where are they at in relation to Ulster Brendan yeah Oh, listen, it's huge, Brendan. That's, it's, it's interesting, yeah, just as you said there, from, I suppose, from 2011 on, where Donegal kind of see themselves. And I think squad for squad now, you could argue that we've, we've, we've certainly lost a bit of ground, as you say, the resurgence, the resurgence of Armagh and the Derry as well. I mean, Tyrone, you know, only All Ireland champions a couple of years ago, they're going to come back with something like, you know, whatever, whatever Monaghan have as well. So, so you're right, you know, what, what it used to be years ago, I suppose, retaining your Division 1 status and, and going on a run to an Ulster final, which would have seemed reasonably okay. Certainly isn't anymore, um, Brendan. You're right, listen, I thought that was a decent performance against Armagh the first day. We did enough against Cavan, who we put it up to us. But I think the manner in which we lost that, particularly to uh, to, to Armagh, when they really kind of went for us, uh, Brian, would, would scare you. You know, the only thing I'd say is going into the league and that, you know, I suppose with um, with 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 the with the new management team, like teams won't put you under that type of pressure. So it does give it does give, I suppose, between you know the the, the pre season competition and the league, the the management a chance to, I suppose, mould some kind of um, shape and the team. But it's it's going to be a difficult job, Brian. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, Paddy Carr and his management team have their work cut out of that. There's no doubt, Brendan, you know, because every county is up in their standards. And, you know, I suppose the key a key for Donegal will be to try and retain Division 1 status primarily early in the season and take it from there then and try a few game plans out. Like, I think if you're realistic about it, Brendan, you know, you look at the squad that uh, Declan had for the last few years and, you know, you look at the club championship this year, is there an awful lot out there that hasn't been involved over the last few years? So it really, you know, it's a case of working with what you have and trying to develop on that. And then, of course, you had the seismic news there a couple of weeks ago that of Michael retiring and, you know, I just want to wish him the best of luck. He's been a number, we've been, I just consider myself lucky to have been able to watch him, see him, see him play so much football over that period of time. But, you know, he's going to leave a massive void. But when there's a void, there's always, you know, there's an opportunity for someone else to fill it. And now Paddy can go into the season, you know, and sort of start something new. There's a relatively young squad there. So there is, you know, Patrick is the only survivor from 2012. So it's it's time that a lot of the these lads now stand up and we look to create maybe a new way of playing, Brendan. We need to be a wee bit more direct than we have been. And, you know, again, you go back to periods of the Derry game when 
we're playing keep ball around the middle of the field. And playing keep ball is fine in certain situations, but when there's a game there on the line to be won, sometimes you need people to stand up and do something. And there was a lack of that inventiveness or invention, I felt, at certain stages during think, the year. Brennan, too, do you think that was coming from the management or from the players themselves? Ah, it's a, it's a it's a mixture. I think it's just ingrained into a kind of playing style that you know teams are so focused on retaining possession, don't give up possession, don't take the ball into traffic, don't get turned over because they know how good other teams are in transition, Brendan. But it, it, it's it's bad habits, some of it, Brendan. Like you know, if, like even you go back to you know, and I know we'll be covering a bit on the club championship, like, but there were periods in the in, in the county final too. Like you can't blame manager or players exclusively, but someone has to take ownership and someone has to be that man that's going to break that line or win that free or do something out of the ordinary that's going to break the opposition system. Mm. And Brendan, in, in that, you know, trying to suppose look at some bright sparks, we still had some some brilliance from the likes of Pat or Morgan at times, you know, Shane O'Donnell in particular, I suppose, you know. I don't think Langan, by his own standards, you know, had, had the championship. But there's, I think there's there's plenty more to come from him. So there is there is serious talent in there, Ben. You, you know, we've lost Neil McGee from that dressing room as well and from training. You know, you obviously lost Murphy in it. So it's time for players to really stand up now. As you said, take the captain's armband, but players all around the pitch, you know, particularly in the spine of the team, to stand up and, and, and be leaders going into this. So there's... I suppose, as you said, Brendan, there's opportunity there for people to 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 be the to be those types of players because you kind of need them in every line around the pitch. Players that are really going to step up and 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 drive the team forward. You do, indeed, Brendan. You know, and you know, like you, you look you look objectively at the, at the Donegal squad at the minute, and I think from eight up, we have as good available as what is there in any county. I suppose. Maybe our defensive frailties are a bit of a concern, but you know, hopefully you get the likes of Connor Morrison back this year. Brendan McCall will continue to develop. You know, Pather Morgan was sensational at times, and you know, the, you know, Kieran Thompson, we know what he's capable of. Michael Langan probably was carrying niggly injuries most of the year, and again, he's a Rolls Royce of a player, Brendan. So there's there's a lot of quality there. You still have Patrick, Oshin Gallen. You know, we haven't seen him get much game time, you know, largely again due to injury issues kind of thing. So Shane O'Donnell has been a revelation. Niall O'Donnell, like there, there are plenty of top, top-notch footballers there. And it's trying to, I suppose that the management's role and job now is to try and to devise a game plan and a playing plan that will best fit the assets that he has available to him. And, you know, there are significant assets there too, so there are. So, you know, that's their job, Brendan. And, you know, by all means, you know, county management is, it's a ruthless, ruthless job. So it is. And, you know, it, it takes a brave man to take it on and wish Paddy Carr and his team the best of luck with that. But, you know, that's basically what they've got to do. They have to find a way to operate to the maximum of their ability with the resources that he has to hand. Because as I said, Brendan, I think what was in the squad was in the squad. There's not a huge pile more. I'm sure they'll have a look at a few players from the club championship, but there's not a huge pile out there that hasn't been playing over the last number of years. Yeah. And and, and listen, the, the Bernard Jackman thing, I don't know, Ren, was that, has this been discounted now that, that he was to join the squad? Again, it's a lot. It's like a lot of these kind of rumours that are flying around. And to be honest with you, I don't pass a whole pile of hate to it. Now, 
you know, again, you're talking to this man who was talking to that man. Yeah. Kind of, Actually, uh, I tell you why, I didn't even say to Barry Carey last week when I interviewed him, and he didn't so presume it wasn't, but somebody told me that in Dublin that they know they, they know Jack Winner. They know somebody who knows him, maybe. You know, yeah, what yeah. but he says that he wasn't joined it then, and Paddy didn't mention last week, so I presume that that, that was. And I suppose, Brian, the whole thing was that, you know, you talk about the, the process there. What would you have said would have been the right way to do it then? Because I presume in this time before the lads were, were hired, that Donegal were putting a call out to Maggie Rourke, they were they were going to talk to, to Kevin and Lacey, you know, they were going to do these things. You know, how, how would you say you would have stopped that, Brendan? I mean, what was the county board to do to come out and say, yes, we're approaching these guys? Or what, what do you think would have been the right way to handle it? Yeah, I, I just think the time lags between it, Brendan. Like, if you think it, I think it was early mid-June when Donegal made their exit from the championship and Declan then, after sterling service through underage county management, player, the whole lot, what he's done over the years, stand, stood down in July. So there was, a, there was a huge vacuum of absolutely nothing for a period of time. And I don't know what the right way or the wrong way is, but I think that... Just that that lack of transparency, as I said, Brendan, created the void that people started talking more and more about it. I think if the county board had come out and been a bit more open with the press or the media to say, this is their problem, this is what we want, this is where we're going, we're speaking. They don't need to mention certain names. We're speaking to certain people who are currently in roles um, that they can commit to the job as of yet, but as soon as we have news, we will let you know. But it was that lack of, yeah, yeah. you know, just I'm just wondering what, what would have kept people happy? Because as you said there, if you couldn't really name them, you're still leaving that open. And really, Donegal, like since Jim took the job, you know, Rory, Rory Gallagher stepped in and then Boner was there and it was already made. So the county board have kind of not had to engage in this. And then if you had the likes of, say, Rory Kavanagh and Malik Rook involved with clubs that they couldn't really say what they were doing, if they were, you know, a game or guessing that, that that was what was going to happen. It was an awkward position for supposed to the county board. And at the end of the day, them no more than themselves wanted the right people in. So I, I think it was quite a, a, a difficult one then for, for us to kind of get our heads around because there was so many moving parts in it. At the end of the day, I think they wanted to get the, who they wanted in the best for Donegal. And in the end up, I think that it came down to Car and O'Rourke to, to take up the reins, but I, I, I think they obviously were chasing a few people and, and that, that, that came up short and then it, it was, it was, uh, it was basically yeah, an O'Rourke's job. And, and, and therein probably was the problem, Brendan, in that they probably invested time and resources into trying to get certain figures in, you know, to, uh, to be the new manager and, you know, that, that takes a bit of time to talk to them, to see where they are. Give me a week to think about it. I'll come back to you then. So, you know, you're, you're 100% right there. There probably was time lost there, chasing a few guys that, you know, it didn't come off for them. And, you know, that left them then where the whole the whole process was stalled. And, you know, listen, Brendan, it, it's, 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 it's easy to criticize from the outside when you don't know exactly what's happened. And I don't know exactly what happened in the interim between Declan's resignation and Paddy's appointment. You know, it's again, it's just filtered with rumours and one problem creates another problem in that if there's no word coming out, people start making a bigger issue of it than it actually is kind of thing. You know, I suppose, Brendan, the fact that Paddy was employed, you know, was got the job in October, it still leaves them plenty of time to prepare and get a team ready yeah. for the Kenna Cup in January 
going on to league, going on to championship kind of thing, you know. But and brother, it, it's coming. It's coming thick and fast. I mean, Kerry, you know, if you look at the we we obviously have the four away, three home, which which makes things difficult. And one of those home games is Kerry. You know, if that was the away game, you might just throw that and think, right, concentrate on your your three home ones. But you've Kerry at home in McCool Park on opening day, which is played the 29th of January, which is going to be tight. And then you have two away games to Toronto and Monaghan. It's difficult, you know. I mean, should you lose to Kerry in that day, you're looking at two difficult away games, you know, and then you have Galway at home at O'Donnell Park. And again, a Galway team that's, that's you would think, <sighs> moving up the gears. So, I mean, you have Armand Mayo, Ross Common in the last day at the Hyde. So, it's going to be, uh, you know, as much as we think you'll be given a wee bit of room to play in the league, it sure is a difficult way and the fixtures haven't helped that. Yeah, but Division 1 is difficult, Brendan, and, you know, it, it, questions every year are going to ask and, you know, you go back the last number of years with two, one game out, you're still kind of wondering, are we going to retain Division 1 status, etc. So it's going to be the same scenario this year and I, I think Roscommon in the Hyde is the last game and you may... It may be a similar situation where you're going down there, looking, which is a difficult place to go, looking to get a victory down there again this year. Um, really tough opening with Kerry, obviously All-Ireland champions. And then I think away to Monaghan, Tyrone. Monaghan, you know, are they at the levels they were in previous years? There's an opportunity there. And th- that, they're the big questions, Brendan. You have to go and maybe take two points up and Mo- off Monaghan away from home so you have in order to retain your status and then pick up points elsewhere along the line even if it is the last day against Roscommon. And they're the games that you got to be pinpointed to try and win. I don't like you go out in every game to try and get, you know, obviously to get a result. But, you, you know, the real big ones will be the Monaghan one, I feel. And perhaps, you know, Armagh, Roscommon towards the latter end then. Yes, agreed. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Surely, Brendan. Listen, because also Championship, of course, is a pre-competition. We've then got the new... Group stages, four, four teams of four in that. Brendan, there's going to be so much football. You know, it's looking at the fixtures there. You know, it's almost, there, there's an odd uh, couple of weeks where there's a break, but it's it's going to be a huge undertaking, Brendan. I'm just thinking as much as we've pulled the club championship forward and we're, we're trying to address that, for players that are county and club players, and, you know, particularly with group stages and that, it's, it's basically... It's a year of, of full-on football when you look at it now for, for a lot of these uh, young athletes, Brendan. I'm just wondering, are we, are we maybe asking about much of them the way the, you know, the new format with the extra games? It just seems like if you go, particularly if, you, if you're successful in the year added to your club, it's, it's a massive undertaking for these lads. Massive. And like you look at, you know, we'll say some of the Derry guys, you know, playing with Glenn yesterday, Doherty's big Connor Glass. You know, you, you you look at what they've done all year kind of thing, Brendan, like it is achievable. I suppose football is funny. Like if you're in a good run and things are going well, you will go out and play. You'll talk out for your club or county every week. I suppose it's it's when things aren't going like that. And there's very few teams that it does go or very few players have the year that some of them guys that I mentioned there have had. Brendan, but it is a big ask. It's going to be a big, uh, I, I think squad depth is going to be very important um, because there's no way with the modern game that you can rely on 16, 17, 18 players. You're going to need 24, 23, 24, 25 players that are able to step in when needed over them, you know, over, over that very trying schedule that you've outlined there. So it's going to ask a lot of squads. And, you know, that takes a lot of buy-in from players early in the year to get themselves to the level. It takes, you know, astute management to make sure that players are in a good place when they are called upon 
at a certain time. Be, you know, you may have players that don't get much game time during the league, but then because of injuries or suspensions and a couple of things, that they're suddenly up to the fore and they're stepping up come championships. So, you know, that, that'll take a lot of management by, by Paddy and his team and by all inter-county managers. And, you know, you'd have to think... It's, it, I suppose it's, it, the strong will become stronger, Brendan, because they'll be able to nurture these resources. You feel better because they have they have a better resource of player available to them. The Kerrys, the Dublins, obviously Galway, Mio, Tyrone. So Donegal, that's where Donegal need to be looking at to have players that can step up to the mark at any given time. And you know that, that that's the big question mark that we'll we'll only know the answer to after maybe six months next year. Yeah. And, and Brendan, while we are uh, getting cozied up there, as you said, with the fire and uh, stuffing our face, months pies, and uh, these boys are are still doing the hard yards, and uh, they're involved, you know, in, in gym early morning gym sessions and that, Brendan, no more than yourself, and, and preparing uh, our, our underage guys. So, listen, it never stops. There's something uh, Donegal fans got to got to take on board the the level of commitment that these lads are doing to make sure that they're in the right physical shape. Uh, for oh, big time! Yeah, like like these lads, Brendan. You're right to point that out. Like, like they basically put their lives on hold when they are a senior into county footballer because there's no other way to do it now. So there isn't, and you know, you see them. Like I'm over in Convoy a fair bit, and I, I, I some of the lads over there wonder do they ever go home? They seem to be there that often between, yeah. as you say, gym work, pitch sessions, video sessions. It, it's a massive commitment, and we should be very appreciative of what they do in order to represent the county. And I think there needs to be context put on that too, you know, with social media and with all, you know, what's happening in the world over the last number of years, um, a huge level of appreciation and kudos needs to go to the lads that, you know, they choose to represent their county, they choose to put their lives on hold, their families basically put their life on hold with them, their wives, girlfriends, children. And, you know, it, it's a massive honour to represent your county, but it's also a huge commitment. Yeah, massive stuff, Brendan. Listen, I'm going to speak to Carol Lacey uh, in, in next year, the start of the year, just about the whole setup of our, our coaching. And I know you're heavily involved in that, obviously, Brendan, yourself, and uh, going to speak to Kian Barrett and Leo McClune that as well. Brendan, just, I suppose it was a happy Christmas and it'll be a happy Christmas goes for Letterkenny Gales, Dunlow and Neve Connell winning our our three championships, Brent. What did what did you make of the championships overall? So it was big big one for Gales to get across the line and get that title done low back up to senior and of course Neve Connell, the ever ever present Neve Connell taking back their title as well. Brent, I was just wondering about your thoughts on the championship and, and really are we are we have we dropped off a small bit in Ulster com- compared to where we seem to be a few years back? Well, I, su- I suppose listen, firstly congratulate the three successful teams there, Larry Kenny Gales, Dunlow and Neve Connell. Um, they deservedly each of them won their championships. Um, that are Kenny Gale's been knocking on the door for a while, and eventually got over the line. And you know, ma- massive achievement for them. Um, Dunlow, you know, I would always consider Dunlow to be a senior team because when you and I were involved, we'd managed a trip down there to the pitch that kind of <laughs> with the big hill. You were wondering where you playing with the hill or against the hill kind of thing. Yes. Um, but they they've done tremendous work and. They've re-energized the whole club down there, not only at senior level, but across girls football, underage football, hurling. They've done fantastic work down, massive kudos to them. And then you move on to Nave Connell, you know, people wrote them off before this year's county final to a degree. I know I certainly did, or you didn't, Brendan, but a lot of people may have written them off. But 
They showed such resolve and strength and, you know, they have this massive ability to manage wins out of positions that probably a lot of teams wouldn't. And, you know, it was fantastic, you know, it was a fantastic achievement for them to get back to top of the roster again this year. Um, my view on the club and the championship spin and, and particularly on the senior championship, because I suppose that's what I've seen most of over the last number of years is I think it's a bit stale. I think it's very predictable. I think we'll be speaking about the same big teams next year at the start of the year and probably come semi-final stage if things are left the way they are. You know, you go through the group stages and they're, they're, I don't know what you, what you, how you find them, but I find them very non-eventful. You nearly know what's going to happen. You can nearly tell that these four teams are going to be at the back end of the championship. And, you know, there's not a lot of fun. It's, it, it, is there any team out there that can break into that? Then Swilly are making progress. Aru are making progress. Four Masters, certainly, you know, at underage level, but they're a few years away yet. Same with Aaron McCool's. But I just feel that there's an, it, it's too predictable, Brendan. You know, I remember when we were playing, it was played on a home and away system. And I always liked it. I thought yeah. it was, you know, there was a bit more cut and thrust to that at that stage. I think, you know, you, you might get a big game. You might get a Unions Gidor early on. And could you imagine that, you know, out in the park and down to Marigallon and probably going to a third game? And, you know, I, I, I just feel that the current format isn't working, Brendan. I don't think Donegal teams, like we saw two exceptional teams in Kiku and Glenn yesterday. It was, you know, the, the, it, it was a fantastic game. And there are obviously two teams that are at the top of the pile at the moment. Would I be afraid of putting the top of Donegal against them at any point? Not particularly because it's all about confidence. They'll be going in well after winning their, you know, their respective championships kind of thing. But it does concern that we haven't pushed on. You know, Union's going out in the first round again last year. Nave Connell, albeit unlucky and short, a good few of their, you know, key players losing out to Carrigan this year after extra time kind of thing. So <clears throat> we are a little bit off at the moment, but I don't think too far off. But yeah. it's just the club structure doesn't excite me, I suppose. Uh, you're right. Listen, I, I just think, you know, we we should go back to that format and at least teams know where they're at and they can give it their own the championship. It's still this half championship and then it's down to the last game whether a team maybe gets relegated or tries to stay in and you know, there's so many teams there that, that aren't at the pitch of it, you know. What we should do is promote the leagues. So if you want to progress in as a league and still put your put your efforts into that, that you are mixing it then with say division two teams that you want to try and get up the one that'll progress you into the championship then I think that's a much better way of running it because then you've league games playing that, that aren't supposed to be championship. Well, or what, what you've got now is championship games that are somewhere in between league and championship, which is not the way GA is. Either it's full on or it's not, you know, and we have enough problems with the tactics of teams that are what they're doing games. If you add in the spice, isn't there? You've really got a poor product then, Brian. I suppose that's, that's what you're saying. It's, it's jaded, you know. I think we should go back to that format. You say you could have a cra- couple of crack, you could have a first round game. Remember years ago, some of the games we had, just even think back to, to Unions and Eve Connell, but at least you knew then. So you didn't have this constant run of players, which I think maybe fatigues the players a bit as well, that they're always in a, you know, going to a semi-final or a final. And it's, it's just, uh, it seems a bit of a slog, uh, Brent. So I think if you ask the players, it'd be interesting now, Brent, why that never happens. Ask them what format they would like. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, from talking to a few of them, it's certainly... The home and away thing would be something that should be brought back, and it gives, it, you know, unlike like the Toronto Championship is just 
flat out championship and suppose on any day you could maybe get caught but I think if you had home and away and a potential third game that's something I think would get the get the blood going again and put the life back in their championship yeah and like you know that, that's the whole thing like Brendan championship is about you know in my mind it's about having that opportunity and if you're off it on a day tough that's that's the whole beauty of it so it is and you know it does bring that extra bite to it and you know, I remember, you know, you, you go back to, was it 2007 against Nave Connell and, you know, the, the, just the ferocity and, and, and the eagerness and the support, supporters around them games at that time. It was such a big deal. And whereas now it's just watered down and there's, you know, top team can lose a game, even though they rarely do, yeah. can lose a game in the league stages kind of thing. And it doesn't really matter. And basically what you have, the other teams have nearly thrown in their hat at it already. Whereas if if Kilcar or Nave Connell or St. Junins perhaps were knocked out early on, it might create a pathway for another team to get to a semi-final or a yeah. final and create a bit of excitement in that respect. Because the way it's structured at the minute, it's to favour the stronger teams, yeah. um, in my view. And they're always going to be there at the back end and at the, you know when, when it counts. Yeah, as you said, they've got the squads and they've got, it's just easier for them then to, to manage things, uh, Brian. So listen, totally agree, totally agree there. Great, great stuff, uh, Brian. Yeah, well, listen, the fixtures and the chairman and everything's up. Maybe they're listening now, Brian. I, I think the players should be consulted on this and even, even the management as well to see, see what they think. I don't understand why there isn't more of that. I mean, surely the people that are playing the games that, 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 that should be, Involved in deciding these decisions, I think that would be the smart move. I think so, Brendan. Yeah, you know, it's, it's we've moved on. Like, there's always this thing in the GA that the player's opinion doesn't really matter. That your club decides what happens, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think we should move on for that. You know, in modern society, I think the players. Opinions do matter, and that can then be discussed at a county bar club meetings or a county board meetings to find, you know, a, a resolution or, or, or the best possible way forward. That you know, the players at least have had some sort of input. Yeah, first class B, and of course, yeah, the the letter can gales and the lower coast won a match each in, in Ulster, and they were beat by the two Tyrone teams. That well, one of them has won it. The next, the other ones in the final. So maybe no. No uh, disrespect there, and I say Neve Connell very unlucky, and and, and Neve Connell with injuries going down to Carrigan away, who who did give Glenn a, a bit of a game there. Right. So so yeah. yeah, listen, I suppose it can it can all turn again, Brendan. I certainly think yeah, valid points there on the on the club championship, Brendan. Thanks for that uh, county uh, wrap up as well. You keep up the good work with the with under seventeen boys and all you're doing there, and you have a great Christmas. You too, Brendan. You too. No, it's been a difficult year, but. As best you can with your lovely family. All right. No, appreciate that, Brendan. So I'll catch you around the town somewhere, no doubt. And we'll look ahead and sure we'll get chatting to you in uh, 2023. And we'll come on with, a, with that lovely positive mindset. Yeah. God bless, Brendan. God bless. Good man. Brendan, good there. Of course, former Union's captain, Sligo captain, of course, now in good old Dunyanyal. As I said at the top of the show, we're going to look across now um, to the Ulster Club final and uh, Waddy Graham's history making uh, one over Kilcoo. We're going to talk to Michael McMullen of Gaelic Life. Yes, Michael, and how are you this evening? Great, great, Brendan. Uh, Looking forward to Christmas, but uh, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately not enough shopping done. No, hey, listen, there's no other way to do it but last minute and grab (laughs) it. 
<laughs> get the panic on. That's what it is to be a man. Michael, tell me this, a bit of noise in, in, in Mara last night. I, I can only imagine that, that, that massive, massive uh, day for them, you know, Gilku chasing three in a row and, and this Glen team, you know, were, were they going to get across the line and and uh, Blossom Monday, what, what everybody was expecting, this this talented bunch, and and, and they finally did it. Uh, a, a massive occasion in, in the Ulster club scene and, and huge for the club in the town. I was I was in at the homecoming, Brendan. I had a wee bit of work to do at it, and I was interviewing a few people, and just a, a great buzz. Laurie coming up to the middle of the town, two bits of silverware, flares, fireworks, green and yellow smoke, I suppose, uh, fairy tale stuff for Glen, and. Uh, Again, Brendan, it just rubber stamps the magic of the club scene, that no matter what community it is, whenever you get across that magic lane that everybody talks about, that it's just a, a great feeling. And I'm sure today in Glen is just amazing. I'm sure they're not worried about work. They're not worried about anything else. They're just worried about celebrating them. That's that's the way it should be, and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of success, I suppose. Yeah, fun, funny last night, man. I don't know what it was. I just started thinking about club and county last night because we were doing a bit of a review there just previous with Brendan Coyne, and you know, I was thinking it being up at Owen Rose dinner dancing that, and you know, I was thinking the county county football is just football. It's a sport. It's the county. You know, you follow them. It's a wee bit of a pastime, but it's a, the county. You know, whereas your club. It's such a different thing, you know, when you talk about that town and the involvement of the club and how it's bringing on all the young players, the young athletes, and it's a centre point for a lot of things, you know, around socialising and, and, and what the community is. So the club is so separate. It's got sport, but then it's got everything else happening. As you say, those scenes I can only imagine in Mahara, you know, very, very special that can only happen for a club. Aye, and I suppose I maybe have to say at that point, Derry's homecoming after one in Ulster was in the exact same car park as last night's was, you know, so there's a bit of familiarity there, but definitely with the club thing, it's just, it's hard to put your finger on it. I think another moment I realised yesterday, uh, Brendan, is John J. McKenna, long-term groundsman of Glen, uh, has had Glen pitch in immaculate shape for years. Somebody reached him the match ball after the game yesterday and... Uh, about five minutes later, he came out of the Glen changing rooms, and it's all signed. Yes. And you might as well, you might as well give him the lotto numbers, like <laughs> you know what that meant to him. Yes. And he would have watched that team grow at St Paul's, and to be standing there with that match ball. And that's just one story, Brenton. Like I remember seeing the, the Monday Club up round uh, Unions last year around Letterkenny with the sing songs and stuff, and everybody's involved in it. Everybody. So. Um, and I think that's the beauty of the championship, intermediate, junior, senior, whatever. It's just, it's just that special, you know. And that's like we experienced it ourselves in Slatnail, and now Glen are experiencing it. It's something that you'll never ever forget. It's just amazing. And for those Glen people last night, it's just, it's worth the decades of planning to get there. And you can just sense that. And uh, you know, I think, I think a successful county team in any sort of uh, environment will have that same camaraderie within their team yes. maybe not among the supporters but I think the, the county team that you can generate that environment is always going to be successful because it's it's definitely very successful at club level no matter what county you're in Yes, certainly. I suppose the scoreline one twelve to one six doesn't really tell the story. You know, a late goal for Glenn really putting a 
putting the icing on the cake. And I've just looked at the two sidelines. You know, I know Mickey Moore obviously stepped down, but you know, Con Leith and 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 Richie Thornton, you know, would would get most uh, county jobs in in the province, and and as of course would Malaga O'Rourke and and Ryan Porter. So a massive tactical battle going on in the line as well. And really, for the first uh, for the opening periods, the, the Glen going five up, they really had. You know, uh, uh, Kilku's number putting the squeeze on them, and at that point, you were like, Are they going to run away with us? Uh, it was a fascinating uh, opening 10 15 minutes of the game, um, Michael. It was, and uh, strangely, though, Kilku had possession right away and lost it, and you know, and it put the emphasis back on Glenn, and Glenn just took that possession and basically rammed it down the game's throat. They got two frees, 2 0 up. Um, and they won. They, they just pushed up on Kilcoo's kickouts. Goalkeeper Colin Bradley for Glen told me that they watched the Bally Bay game and realised that if Niall Kane was forced to go long, that Kilcoo struggled. But when they went short, uh, they were able to build, and they stopped that happening. And they won. I think yeah, they won five of of Kilcoo's nine kickouts in the first half. And when they were two 0 up, Brenton, they hit three of the best scores you would see anywhere. Connor Glass. Jack Doherty and a man of the match Conneth McGuckin who was absolutely superb to put them 5-0 up like three scores that would grace any game and they were in some position they had five scores out of six chances and Kilku as Kilku do first attack goal back in the game you can never put them away you know you can say what you want about them as about in terms of that they didn't win Ulster for the third time in a row, but by God, you've some beaten to beat them. Yeah, and funny in that, you know, straight away you think from a from a grinding out and just a team that's never beat. The way obviously they they turned it back around had that penalty just before half time. You're thinking to yourself, look at the brilliance that that Glen were, and they're going to go on a couple of points down. And you thought psychologically, kind of here we go again scenario. But listen. Penalties are big news at the minute all over the place, uh, Mal, and it wasn't to be, you know, un- unlucky enough now, Devon hits, hits the post, and um, listen, Glenn surviving the half-time of that point victory, do you think it was a huge, huge factor in the game, or do you think Glenn still would have found the ingredients to win it in that second half? I, th- I think, if you, if you look at the two teams, you're thinking to yourself, I remember going into the game thinking, whoever is in front early wins the game. Now, um, one of them players was Ryan Dugan. Actually, he said that they felt that they were able to come back. They had the, they had the guns to come back all the time. But it definitely would have changed it because, like, I actually think it was a, a, a controversial enough decision because with five minutes of stoppage time gone, I think the ref should have blew it up. Mm. The kick out went out, and Glenn lost it. Next minute, you have a penalty, which they missed. But it definitely would have changed it, Brent. Like that would put that put some two points up going into half time, um, and. You know, Kilku would be very difficult to beat at that stage. Yeah. But the, the energy Glenn brought to the game was something to behold. You know, like that five nil start. And Malachy Rook actually last night at the homecoming, he made a comment where well, Connor Carvel said where he told him to go home and watch the Freddie Mercury Queen uh, video. The I forget the name of it, but he he basically said watch that video, and they went home and watched it, and his. His uh, mantra of that video was that Freddie Mercury went to go to his best. He wanted his best ever performance in his last ever show. Yeah. And he says he wanted Glenn to go and blow the light, light in through the sky. That's what, he, that's what he told him. I want you to go to this Ulster final and blow whatever it is out of the water. And they did that at 5-0. So maybe 
this was the day that if they did go 2 0 down or two points down again, maybe they would have came back because Ethan Doherty and Jack Doherty's running pair, you know, they look to cause Kilku trouble, you know, and up to that, Kilku have been very dominant in Ulster, but, you know, the running game would definitely made a difference, but it's it's hard, and I think it would have been, I think Glenn deserved to win the game overall, but the penalty goes in. It's not about deserving to win it. It's about whether you win it or not, and that could have left it very difficult for them. And I suppose Kilcoo will be thinking today, you know, if only we had to go down at half time ahead. But that's the beauty of the game. It, it keeps us talking, doesn't it? It does indeed. And I suppose, um, you know, just chatting about Donegal there and so many question marks going into this season. Derry now, of course, coming in with a bounce. And of course, this this is going to help uh, Derry football again. Like everything seems like it's 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 on the way up. And this will this will give a bounce into the into the county team, no doubt, coming into 2023, man. It will. It definitely will. Because last year, like Derry had... Well, they had been. I'm not saying they're coming from nowhere, but they hadn't won Ulster like in 24 years, and they they came and delivered. And I also think Brenton it'll help Derry to know that you know they've got a county, they've got an Ulster champion again in their county. The eighth time, the eighth different club to have won it, won the competition. But they've also uh, also in the fact there as well that that's going to raise the standard in Derry as a whole. So that just that drives it on because the Glenn watching our teams won an Ulster drove them on so it, it, as I say racing tides you know it's hard to beat a bit of competitiveness and uh, you know you would like to think that would make an even more competitive club scene going forward in the next you know three, four, five years Yeah, yeah certainly of course up at the athletic grounds that, that's the spot now is it uh, well I think it's the best ground for for the likes of um, you know these uh, Ulster final uh, clubs or any of them it, it seems the, the, the ground best suited for these occasions pitch is always perfect as well Hi. I will. To, I have to give immense credit to Ronan Hart, the grounds man. Now, a few a few years ago, I thought the pitch was very, very worn because I get so many games in really bad conditions. But he he's made some job of it, like it was a carpet. And then, as you say, getting it getting it playable, like they had to put the covers on the part of the pitch that gets that doesn't get any sun, and it was in perfect condition. And when you say about a venue, Brendan, it's central. It's got good dressing rooms. It brings a good atmosphere. Probably the only thing it misses out on is a warm-up pitch. So if you're playing in a double header, you have to go somewhere to warm up, which I don't really like. I think it's a disrupts your your whole pattern. But outside of that, I think it's perfect. And um, I think it's. I suppose it's like every venue when you go to a couple of games and they're sort of iconic games and there's atmosphere at it. It sort of gets a reputation. Like I know a lot of people don't like Clonus, but I love it because. If you if you're going to Clonus, it's a saying you're doing well, you know, and it's it's nearly that sort of romantic thing about going to Clonus, and I think that has has grown now with Armagh, with the Corey Cup finals, Brenton and Ulster Club um, games, and even Derry game of Monaghan last year, there was a great crowd at it, so. Um, I think it's definitely a very good venue. I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, and listen, it's setting up a, another huge clash. I mean, the, these boys. I mean, it's been a busy year. You think the the Glen guys involved with Derry, and and now they've got Moy Cullen. Uh, uh, you know, seventh or eighth of uh, January. That that's going to be another huge, huge battle. And you know, you're one step away from, as you said, talk about getting the clonus, getting the Crow Park with your club. What what a special occasion that would be, uh, man! Brilliant. It's uh, it's. As I always say, the club championship is the Champions League of the GA. It's a competition that you really judge yourself on, and it's a competition every community. Like, if your club's an Ulster Club Championship or the Connacht or Munster, your community pumps out their chest and thinks that's our team. 
you know, and that's the way it works. And it's it's the same. Glenn are going in now. I haven't watched my Cullen yet, but uh, they've got a few of the Kellys that play for Galway and Owen Gallagher, who would have played for Antrim. And they're conic champions, you know, they're going to be, they're going to take a bit of beating. So I suppose we're going to have to get a look at them and, and suss it out. But a great occasion. I would love to see a double header in Croke Park, Brendan, um, the hurling yes. there this weekend. So yeah. I think it would be great. Um, Let's face it, Kilmacud seem to be playing there every week, so why not let everybody else play yeah, there? And, I, and uh, yeah, a double header right. would be brilliant. Uh, and I think, well, you know, as much as we kind of want to keep it for the special, special occasions, you think about it, if if you did only make a semi final and, and as a as a Glen player that's never maybe played county or got to play in Crow Park, just to be there, I mean, surely that impact of that there is worth, as you said, p- putting a few games on together because it just changes everything. And, and as well, the young supporters and people going, the fact that you're going to Crow Park to watch your team in a competitive game, I mean, I, I never see how that can be a bad thing. I, I think I, I probably isn't a great attraction for fans because it's a wee bit dead because it's empty. But probably if you did a straw poll of players... It's like, say you decided to ring 10 players, Brenton, would you like to play in Croke Park? We'll just say yes, right away. Um, but I think, you know, we talked about the athletic grounds as a venue. Like, there's a buzz and there's an atmosphere. And when you go to take a sideline ball, there's you can nearly taste the atmosphere of, yes. the, of, the, of the crowd, you know. So, you go to Croke Park, you're not going to have that. But if you've got four teams coming, it's fairly central in terms of transport networks to get there and all. So... Uh, but back to say, like if Kilmacud have played there and they end up there in the final, they've got a, a huge advantage that Definitely. no other club in Ireland has. You know, so that probably would be more the factor for me. Um, if if you were to ask me, would you play a two All Ireland club final semi finals on a, a Croke Park in front of sixty thousand people? Definitely, but you're not going to get that, and I could I could leave it very eerie. Yes. Yeah, listen, I hear you. I suppose there's, there's pluses and minuses for that, all right. Mal, Mal fantastic stuff. Mal, just, just looking at the, obviously, Stewart's down at the junior champs, uh, in Ulster here and Cardiff and Galbally still to play. Is that, that one's been put back, uh, Mal? Is that lined up for next week, is it? It's on this Saturday, half one, and I'm, I'm led to believe that, uh, it's in Uri with Armagh's plan B that if Uri gets frozen again, yeah. I think the problem with Uri, Brendan, is that the stand, actually shelters the sun right. so the yes. pitch never gets a chance to thaw yeah. so I think that's the problem but that's on this weekend uh, a very impressive looking Galbally team I've watched them twice now mm. uh, and uh, just an excellent team they're probably a senior team in all but name haven't saw Cardiff but Banty's over them they've lost one game all year they're double champions and they've got I think it's nine sets of brothers or something on them, and you know yourself, Monaghan teams. Yes, they're usually they're they're really hard to beat. So, <laughs> yes, um, yes. Uh, probably be a tough one to look ahead to. Um, Stuart Town came back from Glasgow in one piece. They're still in the All Ireland series at, at the weekend. So, uh, they had a really exciting final against Drumlean from uh, Cavan in the final penalty shootout, sudden death. Felt so sorry for the Drumlean captain. He missed a penalty, and then he missed a penalty in sudden death. Jeez. Brendan, yes. if we're keeping penalties, surely you have to rotate your penalty takers after the five. Right. You know, to ask somebody to hit two penalties and a penalty shootout, it's not right. Yes. You know, yes. some oh. people don't like penalty shootouts anyway. But if you're oh. going to keep penalty shootouts, why is a man hitting two penalties? Like, why is that happening? Right. Like, do you know, I mean, who's practicing penalties? I mean, as we, as we keep saying, it's not a, a, a skill of, of the game. It always makes it outside the penalty taker himself. Maybe no one's striking the ball on the ground and then. Do you dedicate 
uh, some time to that for something that's rarely going to happen. It's, it's a real strange one. And then, as you say, some somebody has to feel like he's let the side down when it's real pot luck. But I, I think most most people understand that uh, around penos. I mean, we look at we look at some of the best players in the world, Harry Kane, ballooning it over the bar for <laughs> someone that should be an absolute expert at it. You know, so it's a it's a tough thing to ask their, our own players that that aren't striking the ball on the ground ever really to. To to you know c- capture that skill. I well, I actually asked Malik Rourke at the press day last Sunday. Um, I said, "Are you practicing for penalties?" And he says, "Well, not really. The boys know the boys know we are going to hit them, and you'll be for the back me up here, Brian. You'll have probably took penalties in both Gaelic and soccer." He says that every soccer player at training will be able to put the ball in the bottom corner. But there's some difference in going into an Ulster final or a yeah. World Cup final yes. or a Donegal County final. They have a penalty. It's completely different. So you can't really, you can't really, you know, replicate it. I don't you think, can't. you know, no. it's completely down to the day. Yeah. You know, you can't listen. I totally agree on I think from my time I was playing, remember the ball was a, was a couple of yards further back. So it was a, it was a difficult scenario. An odd boy made it look easy. I remember Trevor Giles, remember doing it at Crow Park, uh, uh, in an All Ireland final, remember was it? He, he just pinged it in the corner like it was a piece of cake. So certain people maybe were better than others. And then another thing, Brent, too, is the soccer goals are wider. Like you know, the, the ball's lighter, it's smaller. The ball's so lighter too. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. the ball's yeah. lighter as well. It's easy. So it's maybe it's, that's maybe not the way it should be then. Yes, no, no, totally agree. Well, totally agree. But listen, well, it was a was a fascinating Ulster uh, championship in a way, you know, across the different grades. So I think it's in a it's in a healthy state, you know, um, looking into the season ahead. And the Donegal, of course, here we have a new management. We're we're going into this new format, of course, in the championship after Ulster. So it remains to see how that disrupts um, the whole provincials in that mall. But no doubt, uh, going into next year, man, I want to I thank you, of course, for for everything last year for all your input. It's always fantastic having you on. And again today, so we're looking forward to what's going to be an interesting season in terms of you know it's coming thick and fast. Man, I was looking at the fixtures there; it's it's going to be non-stop for these county players. It is like Malachi actually said that he says the the, the, the unfortunate thing for the you know as he said the Santiago Hurlers who's recently finished up and you know the Glen lads and then every any other county player in Ireland they're going to be asked to join a county setup. And you're not going to go into a county setup and do something by half. You know that's not the way it works. Yeah. You're going to be back in and it's fall on again. So that's it. It's that's tough. The split season probably doesn't suit the county player really. No, you know, unless he gets a break somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he needs to get a break here. Then just be piling up. Listen, I totally agree. With you. I'm going to take a break now. Anyway, well, this is the last in the series. You're the last man on. Nice way to finish it. Thanks a million, Brendan. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you, then. I'll speak to you in the new year. Yep. Michael McMullen there. Brilliant, brilliant input from him as everyone. I thank him for his input all year. Uh, That's a wrap for today and the year. I want to give massive thanks to Kenneth Wilson here for producing the show and keeping me right all year. Thank you, Kenneth, to Head of Sport Ash and Kelly for his help and his guidance. And, of course, Greg Hughes and Caroline for the Monday morning promotion of the show. To all the guests that have contributed to the show and of course Kieran Brogan and all its sister shares for making the show possible I want to thank them so much for their ongoing support uh, we're looking at some new ideas for 2023 we're going to change up the, the show a bit so listen thank you all for listening and hope you can come back next year and, and listen in again as we, we look forward to another packed year of GA have a great Christmas uh, so just for the last time in the series I'm going to say to Jimmy and Paul they take it away boys for the excellent Monday night sessions 
I'll speak to you all in 2023. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Canny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen.